Welcome back, business owners. You are listening to the Redcliffe Marketing Show. My name is Mick Cullen. Look, there are so many ways out there for us to market our businesses. In today's interview, we are going to look at why you should be leveraging PR as a marketing tool and some great ways to get started. Our guest today, as you'll very quickly gather, knows a heap about the topic of PR and its use in small business. Annette Densham, welcome to the show and a big thanks for coming along today. Hey, totally awesome. It's uh, good to be here and good to chat about something that I feel really passionately about. Look, that's fantastic. And I guess as a bit of an introduction then, uh, so can you tell us a bit about, uh, I guess, let's start with your website address and how you sort of came up with that name and look, how, how you got to this position in, at the moment. I should actually, let's back a bit and say this interview is going to be talking about uh, PR for small businesses. Um, so yeah, let's, let's start with your website first if we can. Yeah, sure, totally. It's uh, www.theprsuperwoman.com. Just imagine me standing there with my fist pumping in the air with my cape flowing behind me. I came up with the name... I don't know, it just felt really right. I was sitting there talking to someone as, what What could I call my business name? And it was kind of like, well, I'm a mum, you know, I work, I juggle multiple things, I'm a bit of a superwoman. And hey, I actually know my stuff about this. So PR superwoman just seemed really fitting. And like in this day and age of, you know, quirky marketing, I thought, well, it's a really good visual image of somebody who has powers in a certain area and wants to help people because we all know superheroes are out there, you know, trying to do the right thing and fix things and make people's lives better. And, that you know, not saying that I'm a superhero, but a, definitely that's my number one mission is to help people get PR for their business and teach them how to do it. Just on a, on a naming side, like I reckon that's fantastic as well because we're also busy in our lives and to be able to have like when we try and meet someone or find a new business things like that what we're trying to do is, is put them in a bucket as quickly as possible so we can sort of fit them into our sort of mindset and, and our world view so when you have a business like you know PR superwoman or a name and, and you know could it be the tree guy or the pool doctor uh, and a lady who spoke at our group last night is, is the web girl so kind of having that tag just helps people um, know <laughs> you know exactly about to sort of fit you into where you fit in their world. Absolutely. And I've been really lucky to work with some really great business mentors. And what I think is is important when you have a mentor is you listen, you actually action what they say. And I had heard all this talk about don't make it hard for people to find you. You know, if people look at your name, like you just said, they've, they've got to figure it out within those few seconds so they can work out whether they want to do business with you or whether your service is appropriate for them. So I think, you know, with all these years of, you know, learning about business and marketing and and being in that space that, you know, something probably clicked and was like the PR superwoman was born. I reckon we're going to circle back to that point a little bit later on too uh, when you talk about PR because that idea of being able to capture, you know, the essence quickly um, is going to be a, a big player. I'm, I'm going to guess at that. But let's um, let's circle back for, for your history. Um, what happened? Like, how did you become the PR superwoman? What, what was your background before that? Well, I have um, worked as a journalist for over ten years. So I've worked for you know News Limited and Fairfax. You know the the Australian Financial Review, the Australian, the Daily Telegraph, the Sunday Telegraph, plus numerous other little publications here and there. I even wrote for one year about forklifts and uh, material handling equipment. So if anybody wants to know about the Russian forklift industry, I'm your girl. So I 
I love writing, always have, always will. It was something that it was just right from get-go. I would just consume information and then regurgitate it back out. So I think I can, it's a silly story, but I can remember being 10 and getting my grandmother to take me to the library so I could research topics and then write a paper about it that would inform people and capture the essence of whatever it was that I've picked. So 10 years writing, just all types of topics, you name it. Like I said, materials handling, I've written on seniors' issues, health, um, finance, business, sport, music. So I'm a, a bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to writing. Um, then I had my kids and I, I continued to freelance write. I, I was really lucky to score a job with the senior newspaper. And I tell you what, if they didn't pay me, I would have still done it because it was just the most incredible experience meeting some amazing people in our community, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old who have incredible stories and um, you may pick up as we talk that I'm really really passionate about people finding their story because as Oprah says we've all got one and then I got into corporate um, communications and for those it kind of sounds a you know, corporate communications, people often looked at me and go, what was that? Basically, it means that I was responsible for internal and external communication activities. So, newsletters, speeches, website content, um, internal newsletters, intranet, internet, media relations, public relations, um, event organisation. So, I did that for just over four years. PR Superwoman was born, just like a lot of people these days. My role was made redundant in June last year. And after a period of um, feeling sorry for myself, I went, well, you know what? Maybe this is the push I needed. I've always wanted to work for myself. I've always wanted to run my own race. So I went, you know what? Let's give it a go. So October last year, I just went, quit my, I'd found a few little part-time jobs, quit them and went, all right, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life or at least until, you know, I could go sit on an island and drink pina coladas. And I, I reckon if you were on the island, you'd still be writing anyway. Yeah, I would. I, I Because people can, you know, talk about something and I go, wow, that's an awesome story. I think we should write about that. Like last night I was in the car with a friend and she's been very sick. But, man, what a gutsy woman she is. Instead of sitting around feeling sorry for herself, now she can, can no longer drive because of her illness, she walks everywhere. And I said, you're the Forrest Gump of Brisbane. I said, someone should know about how amazing you are and how gutsy you are and how you've just not given up despite the fact that she now has cancer and it's terminal. And she still walks. She walked 37 kilometres to go buy red licorice because she didn't want to sit around how amazing is that? So, yeah, on the island, I'd still be writing. I'd probably write about the seagulls and what they were doing with their day. We can go two ways here because what you were just talking about then is uh, like that whole story idea. I know a lot, a lot of folks say, oh, look, there's just like my business is just so cut and dry. There's no like, you know, we just do this job and, and it's our service provider. There's no sort of story or how do we generate content there. Uh, so I don't know if you want to tackle it later or do you want to go into – why businesses should really be looking at um, public relations as a component of their marketing. Up to you. Which well, road would you like to go? I think that 
this will tie in with with what we're going to talk about anyway because I hear what you're saying. I have so many businesses who go, oh, look, what I do is really boring. Um, I've got nothing to say. Who really wants to know about, you know, my barbecue business or who wants to know about, you know, my personal training business because everybody does that. And then you start talking to them and get them to unpack what it is that they do and you're like you know personal trainer they're not in the business of just teaching people how to be fit they're in the business of providing happiness of encouragement and of motivation and some of the story like just think of some of the amazing stories that come out of shows like the the biggest loser and the things that we want to know about is those stories can be unveiled in businesses. So, and I just touched on that. But let's talk about the the uh, why PR is important. And I think people get a really good idea of, oh, hang on, I do have things to say, and this is why I could be using PR to do that. Great. So let's do that. So, public relations, ha- like, how would you describe public relations and PR? Okay. Well, public relations is the act of um, creating and building your reputation. So you're going out there to influence people in a certain way by raising awareness of what it is that you do and how you do it and why you do it. And um, PR and, and using publicity is optimising an opportunity to get free editorial coverage because I think like most small businesses that we've probably put into our pocket and gone, okay, I'm going to pay for an ad and you know, and it may be an, an advertorial, which is, you know, a story disguised as a story, but it's really an ad and you read it and you go, oh my God, I've just been sold at. An editorial is like third party. Someone else is saying that you're pretty good. Um, it's building credibility because other people are talking about your brand and your product in a positive way. Unlike sales, where customers will feel pressured to buy. PR is definitely a softer approach to building customer awareness of what it is that you do and why they should be buying from you. And it's a really good way to build a positive reputation for your business by reaching your target audience. And we'll talk about that a bit later on, how you can help a journalist um, to make their job easier, which will also make your job easier. So PR activities can include things like media releases, um, product launches, um, you know, content. So, Uh, Content marketing ties really nicely with PR. So you're giving away free information um, and and you're solving people's problems with what it is that you do. Um, Another way to look at PR is that it's earned media. So instead of having to pay for that media, it's something that you've spent some time building your story, writing your press release, following up the journalist and then scoring that spot on, you know, a current affair or story in the Courier-Mail and people are looking at that going, wow, I didn't know that that person did that or I didn't know that that product was available. There's a bit of a misconception around PR that it's like free publicity but it, it comes back to you're paying some kind of exchange so it's either time, effort or, or money type thing. So uh, how does it fit in with that? Like, what sort of advantages do you see for a business? Um, you know, is it tied on a cash flow or is this just more a leverage way to do things? Uh, Mick, it's a bit of both. And, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, like, and I do talk about getting publicity for free, 
because you're right, there is a cost. And it, if you're going to go down the path of using PR as a marketing strategy, is yeah, you'll have to put some time into it. And that will be finding your contacts and doing all of those things. But that's why a plan so important. So you're not just, you're doing the scattergun approach of going, I'm going to go over here and try this, or I'm going to go over here and try that and see if that works. Um, so it is an earned media. You have to actually do something to get there. But then if you look at um, advertising, so, and we were going to talk about the difference between publicity and advertising, so good time to do that now. Advertising you have to pay generally big bucks for. Now, where the publicity for free comes in, and there's a, a, a couple of different mindsets around this, but every spot in a newspaper or on a TV program or a radio program has got an advertising value attached to it. So if you get a article published in the Courier Mail and say it's a quarter of a page, that might cost you $15,000 to put an ad in there. So that's where that kind of free publicity comes in is that where you could have paid for that spot, you've actually got it for nothing. So, you know, say the Courier Mail's got a readership of 1.2 million people. 1.2 million people have possibly seen your story um, and read it because of that implied credibility of getting a story in the paper rather than advertising because advertising, you know, for me, it's like I am so over being sold at. It just seems to happen all the time, um, whereas having a story in the media is like, oh, okay, this is really interesting. Someone's seen value in this and, and they've put it in there. And it's not like advertising is like you saying, hey, I'm really good, look at me, whereas publicity is someone else saying, hey, look at them, they're fantastic and this is awesome. Okay. Have you got some just examples, either your own work or just other good case studies to show? And I guess our audience is small business owners in the Brisbane region, but generally we're talking sort of cities or suburban areas, small businesses who have – you know, either lucked out and, and got pretty lucky or have had a structured plan where they've gone and chased this, like what sort of results have they had? Okay. Yeah, definitely. There's um, one lady I've been working with over the last six months and she um, is based out in Ipswich. Her business is called Ipswich Granny Flats. And um, about a year ago, the Ipswich City Council changed their planning laws so that you could now build a granny flat or convert a granny flat on your property and rent it out as an investment property. Now, she latched onto this and went, what a great business idea. But she hadn't had a lot of luck getting media coverage. One, because she actually didn't know how to go about it. And two, that she wasn't very good at, um, so she didn't know how to go about it. One, because she didn't know where to find contacts. And two, her particular style of writing was very verbose and as a journalist, if you're looking at a media release and you've got to read through two or three pages of, of information, you're just going to bin it. So she came to me. I did a, a media release where we talked about how this was, you know, like there's money in your backyard. So we, we related it to a problem in the community. You know, people want to invest and they want it to be fairly easy 
and they want to be able to leverage something that they already have. So that, that's the story. But we tied it to a human interest story, which is a couple that she was working with who were purchasing one of her granny flats. So we sent this out to targeted media, um, property magazines, the property writers in Queensland, you know, the Courier Mail, um, Brisbane Times, and we also sent it to a current affair. Current affair rang us that day and said, what an awesome story. We love this. Can you please get these these two people because we want to talk to them? So the story wasn't so much about Sonia and her business. It was about Kath and Jim and how out there, this elderly couple who were sharing a home and want to look after each other and the granny flat was a really good solution for them. Now that went to, you know, I think Current Affair has a, a viewership of one point. 1 million went Australian wide. Um, it was worth $150,000 in advertising to Sonia and the resulting interest in her business because since then, so this is also the roll-on effect, is the Queensland Times contacted her and went, hey, we saw that story, we'd like to do one on you in the paper. Um, Smart Property Investor have also run a story on her and there's another magazine which I can't remember at this point in time, who also went, we saw that story, we want to run something in our next issue for you. So that one media release had this avalanche effect of a current affair, local paper, glossy magazines, online magazines. So, And she, we were very clever about the story idea that we came up with because we didn't just go, hey, Ipswich Granny Flats can do this for you. We went, hey, you've got money in your backyard and talked about how that was possible and here's some people who did it. Now, with that flow-on effect from one media source to the next, was that something that happened organically or did you push and sort of engineer that a little bit yourself and actually contact them and say, hey, look, we were featured on ACA, um, you should write about us too? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, the Queensland Times and the property magazine came from organic. They'd seen the story on a current affair and because Sonia lives in the area, the Queensland Times knew of her because she's a real estate out there, had been working in the area for, you know, 20, 30 years. So they knew of her, so they were able to track her down. Um, the smart property investor, we actually went after them and said, hey, this is a story that has been featured. People are really interested in it. Um, and we did adapt the story slightly for them because they've got a different targeted audience, whereas a current affair, as you know, is a little more light and fluffy. We made the smart property investor um, story a little harder, a little more professional in terms of this is the background information that you need to know. This is the legislation that we're referring to. And here are some other examples of other um, councils that are doing the same thing. So it was a 50-50 there. Um, but what was really good about it is that Sonia had no idea six months ago how to do this. And just by – now, I did the strategy for her, but just by working with her and, and sending – things backwards and forwards. So I'd send the release to her and she'd change it and I'd send it back and go, I actually changed that for a reason and this is why because you've done this, this and this and the journalist is not going to want to read that. I've done this to grab their attention. It's like any marketing. You know, if you have a headline that's as, as boring 
that it puts you to sleep. No one's going to read it. So I, was, I taught her. Now she can go and do that herself. And like I call her my prodigy, is that she's just out there getting media attention left, right and centre because she's learnt some basics and she's applying them to her business. So that's one example. Do you want another one? Look, I think that's probably just for time. Look, that's, that covers a whole heap of learning points there. So let's we'll, we'll see if we come back to another one towards the end. Um, okay. But let's – so look, there's a couple you mentioned, you know, f- for any ad or email or anything, you've got to – you know, subject line or headline, get them into the story and move through. So any kind of piece has several moving parts to it. A kind of a, a key piece with PR is that, uh, I guess, gatekeeper or or trying to get it in through the media is the journalist. So can you talk a little bit about the, the frustrations, the hassles that journalists have um, to set that up to how we're actually going to position our media release so they'll actually take notice of it and act on it? So, uh, you know, what's, what's life like as a journalist? Okay, well, it, it's an awesome career. It's a one of the best jobs I think I've ever had. Um, freelance journalism is a lot better because you, you, you're not restricted by the newsroom. You can pick and choose your stories, whereas a journalist, um, sometimes the stories will come from the chief of staff so that often they're the gatekeeper, particularly the newspaper. Now, I can speak um, with authority on newspaper journalism because that's my background. I know a little bit about TV journalism from the corporate communication side and friends I've obviously had who, who work in that area. But from a newspaper point of view is that a journalist can receive 100, 150, you know, media releases throughout the day and not all of them will get a run. And that reason is primarily because of the approach is that if you don't have a newsworthy angle and that's something that, you know, takes a little bit of time to learn and a, and a few hit and misses, um, but if you build a good relationship with the journalist who's in your target area, they're human beings, they, they want to help, and you say to them, hey, what is it about my story that you're not liking? They'll certainly tell you. But often it's your headline, is that if you don't grab people in, you know, the you open up your email and it, says something really boring like, you know, ABC Acme Company is opening its new office on April 12 and you just kind of like go, oh, my God, how boring. How could somebody even think that would be interesting? Because a journalist primarily wants to inform their audience and they want interesting information. Like I go flick through any newspaper and this would be a really good tip for your listeners is if you want to learn what a journalist is looking for, Get to know their work. Get to know the newspaper or the the magazine or the blog or whatever platform it is that you want to get coverage on and study it. See what their language is like. See what stories that they're covering, how they're capturing that information and then design your media release around that because they just want good info. And as a journalist... I can't tell you how many times I've opened an email and I'm probably a little more patient than most and I think that might come from being a mother, but I'll read all the way through because I think, well, if someone's gone to the effort of sending this to me, I'll I'll read it. But in a newsroom, it's deadline, snap, you know, there's morning conference, there's afternoon conference, there's deadline. It's just a really high-paced 
24-7 type of world. So you want to make their job easier um, because you don't want them to have to read right down through the end. Now, there's a thing called the inverted pyramid. So if you think of a pyramid, turn it upside down. When you write, you want to follow that process. So in the beginning, you want to go who, what, when, where, how, why. So they're the, the questions that a journalist wants answered straight up. And you want your most important information at the top. And for most of us who've been through the education system is we're taught to write by putting the important information down the end with our conclusion and where we're summing up. For a journalist, write at the front, smack them in the face and let them know straight away what it is that you're talking about. That will make their job much easier. And if you understand their deadlines as well, because there's nothing worse than someone ringing up going, oh, you've, you've, you've got to cover this, this is awesome news. And that's another thing. Don't tell me what you think is awesome news um, or a journalist. Let them decide. And that's by delivering that information in the format that they want to read it in. So there's a, a bit of a, an art to writing a media release because you've almost got to unlearn everything that you were taught in English at school. But there's certainly lots of resources out there. I mean, I certainly can provide um, some training to anyone who's interested on how to put together a good media release and how to start thinking a little bit differently about how to put a headline together. And delivery mechanism? Are you trying to email these in? Do you tweet the journalist? What, what's the – and do you put it as text in the email? Do you put it as an attachment as a Word doc? What's the best way to actually get it into uh, journalists' uh, hands or into their, their email? Okay, uh, really good question because there are just so many ways that you can reach out and touch a journalist these days and primarily they want to receive it via email and if you want to win them over, find out what their name is, find out their email address and don't just send a generic email and I think Mick, you had a question which was asking that question, is if you're going to send something to a journalist, call the newspaper and say, hey, I'd like to know who the property journalist is and what their email address. Um, there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong because they've got a news desk with an editorial coordinator or a cadet sitting there whose job it is to answer those type of questions. So take the time to find out what their name is. And if you're studying the media, you'll know because you'll be reading the property pages and you'll see the person who generally covers your particular type of industry. Uh, tweeting is a really good way to engage. Um, don't just pounce on them because that seems a bit stalkerish. Follow them. Comment on what stories they're covering. Let them know that you appreciate the stories that they're, they're putting out there, um, feedback information and build a relationship with them because like everything in life, getting public relation, getting your publicity out there is all about the relationships that you build. And over time, as you get to know the journalists through Twitter, through Facebook, um, through email, through phone calls, is they're going to start coming to you and say, hey, the stuff you've been sending is really, really good. I'm sorry I haven't been able to give it a run, but this story's come up and would you be available to make a comment? So going back, email, definitely the best way to contact them. Unless, of course, you've got something that is really time sensitive, breaking news, 
ring the news desk and let them decide. Um, this is where your elevator pitch comes in. So you've written your media release. See if you can summarise that in under a minute so that you're not waffling because, like I said, the newsroom is a really fast-paced type of world and they just, you know, the old saying, just the facts, ma'am, just give them the facts. Don't go into your background. Don't go into the story. Just give them the information that you think will grab their attention. You sent your me release in. You've um, personalised it with their name. Do you ring the follow-up or is that sort of hassling them? Or Well, there's two, there's two minds on that. I mean, generally speaking, if a journalist is interested in your story, they'll ring you and they'll ring you fairly quickly. Um, so if you have sent a media release, make sure you leave your phone on and turn it up. I mean, I mean, I've even made that rookie mistake and you've missed the phone call and sometimes getting them back on the phone's a little more challenging. So leave your phone on. Now, I have, I sometimes follow up and you can tell that you're annoying them. The majority of journalists find the follow-up really annoying and really intrusive because, as they'll say, if I was interested, I would call you. However, I have followed up and the journalist has said, oh, I missed that one. And because I've got my pitch down pat, they've gone, that sounds really interesting. Can you send it through to me again? So send it right then and there. Keep them on the phone. So, you know, you just keep sharing. And if they're happy to talk, you'll know. And I've got the story run. And that happened to me, you know, early last year. I was organising an event in Rockhampton and I sent it to all the TV stations because it was a very visual story. And I hadn't heard back. And it was like, oh, that's kind of annoying because this is a really great story. So I followed up and... I had the three TV stations attend this event because they went, that's a really good story. So, you know, that I, I don't, that's not really an answer to your question, but generally speaking, no. But if you think that this is something really that needs to get out there, yeah, follow up. Otherwise, you are just annoying them.
If you enjoyed this interview, then there's a bunch more over at redcliffmarketinglabs.com.au, which is going to help you learn more about marketing your business, give you some ideas and tools that you can use. You can also find them on iTunes. If you search iTunes for Redcliffe Marketing. Thanks again for joining us on the Redcliffe Marketing Show, and I hope you have a fantastic week.